Welcome back to the Art of Charm podcast, the show designed to help you communicate with power and become unstoppable on your path from hidden genius to influential leader. We know you have what it takes to reach your full potential, and that's why each and every week we share with you strategies and interviews to help you transform your life. That's right. We're helping you unlock your X factor to become extraordinary, whether you're in sales, leadership, building client relationships, or looking for love. We got what you need, and you shouldn't have to settle for anything less than extraordinary. Before we kick off today's episode, did you know you can get the entire Art of Charm back catalog? That's over 15 years of podcasts featuring expert guests and our famous toolbox episodes to help you unlock those elite social skills when you subscribe to Stitcher Premium. Sign up today and use code CHARM to get a month free at Stitcher.com. Johnny, this is one of my favorite toolbox topics. Our toolbox episode this month is a reboot of one of our most popular episodes ever. We're taking a deep dive into breaking the ice. And if you listen to the show for years, you know that conversations equal opportunities. And getting into conversations where we're listening, not just talking about ourselves and gaining the other person's interest are impactful. Are you ready to master small talk? We put together a free cheat sheet for you to supercharge any conversation. You can grab your copy today at theartofcharm.com slash ice, completely free. It's great to load you up with skills before you head out to your next social or business networking event. Let's kick off today's toolbox episode. Before we get into it, I just wanted to preface that I may sound a bit surly in this episode, and that is due to the topic itself. We have been talking about mental health for so long. It's one of the parts of the show that means a lot to you and I both because we see the trajectory of mental health issues that are going on in the world right now and that has been also expedited due to the isolation and depression that the pandemic has hit. And one of the things that we know that alleviates this, that makes us feel better, that allows us to feel connected to the world around us is meeting people, connecting with people, building out a social circle. It is even, we've discussed in the show that even micro interactions has been shown to help allow us to feel better and help with our mental health. And so I got a little bit agitated during this show because for me, this is much bigger than just going out there and chatting with people. This has to do with our overwhelming health as a nation. And I hope those points were made. I put a little bit of force into it because I wanted to get through to our audience. And I'm sure you did. <laughs> Let's kick off today's toolbox episode. All right. We are revisiting one of our top toolbox episodes, always one of the most downloaded and viewed episodes here on The Art of Charm, and that is Breaking the Ice. Obviously, we are a show dedicated to building great relationships in your life, having amazing conversations, being a powerful communicator, and breaking the ice is an important first step. And I want to start by calling a spade a spade. We've been in a pandemic now for multiple years. Many of us have been conditioned to avoid strangers due to the situation and circumstances that we find ourselves in. So we're finding that many of our clients in our X Factor program and in our boot camps are feeling like their small talk skills have atrophied, are feeling a little less connected than they were before the pandemic because of this situation. So today, brought Michael here and Johnny is joining me 
we are going to talk about the science behind why it's so important to be able to break the ice, to start to form those social bonds, the impact it has on our health and mental well-being. And we're also going to talk about some strategies and frameworks you can use to be much more effective in striking up that initial conversation. And as always, with every toolbox, we have a cheat sheet for you to download if you want to take your ice-breaking skills to the next level. So let's jump in first talking about why this is so important. I know as an introvert myself, I've tried to avoid small talk. I labeled it as boring. I went a long time in my high school and college years avoiding small talk because I just didn't find it much fun. But the science proves that we actually should be engaging in more small talk, right, Michael? Yes, for sure. There's this concept that we're all familiar with, which is called loneliness. And the scary thing, and this is something that I found deeply troubling and also very interesting in my own research for this, for this episode, and that is that you can kind of get conditioned to being lonely. So the definition of loneliness is this discrepancy between how much social interaction you want to have and how much interaction you actually have. Now, this is one definition to talk about, but it's yet another definition to talk about when you're actually in the pandemic, which furthers this sort of like healthy need to be lonely in a, in a very scary way. And the, the important thing here is this idea of getting conditioned to it. Just like if you're on a diet for a couple of weeks it, it's kind of, okay, it's a diet. You're, you're losing weight, you're gaining weight, whatever it might be. But after a certain amount of time, your body gets used to the increased or decreased amount of nutrients, and it's the new normal. And it's the same thing with loneliness. The first couple of weeks, the first couple of months, it kind of hurts us, and we feel that deprivation. But after a couple of weeks, after a couple of months, this becomes the new normal. And that's really dangerous because being deprived of the social relationships that you want to have, that you ideally have in your life, it reduces your physical health, your mental health. It's, it's, it's a really dangerous state to be in. And due, to, I wanted to say thanks to, but due to the pandemic, this has become the new normal. And we really need to be aware of that, that we need to step out of our comfort zone, at, at, again, in a, in a very healthy manner, of course. But we need to make more than ever a conscious effort of reaching out to people and forge that connection, whether that is talking with a barista when you, you get your coffee, which is a study we can get into a little bit deeper later, or talking to the person you're sitting next to at the bus stop. Um, consciously bringing more of that in. So whereas a year ago or two years ago, when we last recorded an episode around the concept of breaking the ice with strangers, back then it was, okay, meet new people. Now it's more important than ever because now we're really talking about your mental and your physical health. And this is a skill that is as important as your ability to get back in the gym whenever, you know, you, you need to, you need the feel to, you, you feel the need to work out. And what's interesting is the science is now showing that our need to consume social media is one of the first signals that we're seeing around this loneliness and this need for social bonding. So if you find yourself scrolling for hours on end, 
getting caught up in social media cycles. We've talked about that in the past on the show. That's actually one of the first signals that you are craving social connection. You are craving those social bonds. So redirecting some of that attention away from the screen and actually to strangers is going to be a very important first step towards helping that mental health around loneliness. Well, our mental health has been on decline since in, in rapid succession due to iPhone and social media. The hockey stick growth and mental health issues has went hockey stick around 2009, 2010. And the pandemic has expedited that situation even further and faster than the trajectory that it was already on. Absolutely. And I think an important thing of note here, right? Why are we talking about breaking the ice? Well, when we are talking to strangers, someone we don't know, there is tension. There is concern about being rejected, about being ignored, about being judged. And that's what creates that icy feeling. Like we have to physically break something, break that tension in order to get someone's attention, approval, acceptance, and get into that conversation. But the science is pretty strong that shows when we are engaging, even in the lightest of small talk with the barista, with the person sitting next to us at the bus stop, with the person who happens to be grocery shopping nearby, those small interactions actually create those positive chemicals in our brain that allow us to feel good, to feel more socially connected, even if that person is a complete stranger. There are two studies that really stand out to me in, in that regard, and I uh, invite everyone listening to this to actually try this out. One study, and I remember we, we've talked about this study a few times on, on the podcast, so it's, it's an evergreen because it's that powerful. It's called Minimal Social Interactions Lead to Positive Belonging and Effect. Effect being a scientific term for, for emotions. And what the, the researchers did in that experiment was they incentivized people to go into a Starbucks or any coffee shop of your choice and actually start a very minimal conversation with the barista. as Maybe as little as, hey, how is your day going? How are you doing? How is your weekend? And, and what they found was that compared to the control group, which was told to not say anything, just order your coffee, those that just asked that small little question, they felt significantly better for the rest of the day. And another study was done by Nicholas Epley, who did that a similar experiment in, in the commute using public transport, where they incentivized people by giving them like a couple of bucks if they followed up on the experiment to just start up a conversation with a person sitting next to them. And again, in, in that commute where a lot of us spent a scary amount of time in, those that spoke to the person with just a, hey, how are you doing? How's your weekend? What are your plans for the day? They reported later that they felt a lot happier than the control group that, again, was told to just look at your phone, just listen to that podcast. Nothing wrong with podcasts, but just listen to your podcast. Just, you know, just, just check social media, but don't talk to anyone. And I think that's such a big takeaway for us and also to tap into the idea of extroverts versus introverts that... Talking to people just makes us as homo sapiens happier. And the difference with introverts and extroverts, and maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but 
The difference is that the introvert, if asked, will say, hey, I, I don't think I'm going to feel that much better if I talk to a stranger. And the extrovert will say, oh, yeah, of course, if I talk to strangers, that's going to be awesome. But the result of that was both groups felt better. The introvert as well as the extrovert, they felt happier after they had that interaction with someone. Now, introversion is not an excuse to avoid human contact. And I know it is a convenient one for many of us who feel shy, who maybe don't have the necessary strategies in place to be more effective with breaking the ice. One of the things I want to talk about is we often overrate our awkwardness and underrate our social abilities. We talked about this with Vanessa Bonds on the show last year, and we even saw that this week. So we had a military training here in Las Vegas working on their emotional intelligence. And of course, these military members go through a ton of training. They came in with a bunch of strategies in mind, thinking that, okay, there are some simple ways to get things moving. And a couple of them, notably, before we kicked off the program, said, I do feel awkward in these situations. I do find that I struggle to come up with the right thing to say around small talk. And then, of course, much like all of our programs, whether it's our virtual programs in X Factor or in person, we film them interacting with other participants and our coaches. And without fail, whenever we play back the video, whether it's a military program, the boot camp, or the X Factor program, when we're feeling awkward, we're turning inward, we're diminishing our own skill set, we're very self-conscious, but the other person doesn't feel that way and does not show up on video, this overwhelming awkwardness. It's an internal feeling and an internal barometer that's often wrong, that often over-indexes on how awkward we're going to feel and how awkward the other person feels. And inevitably, at the end of that interaction, we'll ask the other person on the other side, did you feel that awkwardness? Did it feel awkward to you? And they'll smile and say, no, it didn't feel awkward. So if you're listening right now and your first thought is, but I always feel awkward in small talk. I don't know if I'm going to know what to say and I don't want the other person to judge me or feel awkward. You can rest assured that that internal feeling is not what's happening in reality. The other person is not feeling that awkwardness as much as you are. And I think that's that's really interesting because here's what happens cognitively. If I were to speak up in a big podcast, my mind is telling me, oh, you could have done so much better. There was this other thing you could have mentioned. I, I might go back to, not back, I might go back to bed after this, this talk. I'm not going back to bed. I'm, so after this answer that I so eloquently gave in, in this answer right now, I might, I might go to bed and think, oh man, you could, have, you could have said this, you could have said that, you could have mentioned your Nobel Prize in literature, you could have mentioned that quote. My mind knows that, but the person listening to me doesn't know what else there was. All they have is, oh, that was actually a pretty smart remark that this guy just gave. Right? They don't know the, the, the headspace that was to our own answer. They don't know what our inner critic is throwing at us. They only know, hey, that was actually quite interesting. And I have another answer. I have another follow-up question to what they just said. You might be wondering, is this it? Is this all there is? Is this going to be the rest of my life? If you have ever asked yourself that question, then you have gotten uncomfortable with being comfortable, you have come to the realization that you want more out of life. 
you're not done. If you're tired of plateauing and you're tired of finding more doors closed than open, then join us and the Art of Charm team and hundreds of people just like you who are experiencing breakthrough conversations, supercharging their confidence, and growing an incredible network in the X Factor Accelerator. The X Factor Accelerator is where high-achieving, like-minded people meet, strategize, and unlock their hidden X Factor to make the most out of life's opportunities and unlock those doors, keeping you from success. We start every single month with an intense goal-setting strategy session. And there are weekly implementation sessions with drills and exercises and opportunities to practice rapport building, supercharge your charisma through powerful communication, and the charm to attract the right people into your life. Are you ready to win at love, work, and life in 2022? Imagine what you can accomplish with coaching and mentorship with The Art of Charm. What are you waiting for? Join us today at unlockyourxfactor.com. That's unlock your xfactor.com. I think a lot of people go into social engagements and they wait for people to come up to them. It's a lot easier. It's a defensive strategy. And what we're looking to do is acquire more offensive strategies with our defensive strategies so that we're maximizing our opportunities. There's nothing worse than showing up to an event and, and not maximizing the opportunities that you, that you have in front of you who who wants to live life just through the tip of the iceberg, right? It's about maximizing the opportunities so that you can save time, you can save energy and showing up to an event, waiting for people to talk to you is certainly not the, uh, well, hope is not a strategy and, and you're, and you're, you're placing your, your hopes on, on things working out when you could be making those things happen. One of my favorite things to do when I am meeting couples who just start dating or even friends who met, asking them how they met. And inevitably, they'll talk about where they met, what the interaction was, maybe who approached who. But very often, if you ask, well, what was said? What, what broke the ice? What started that conversation? They'll often not know exactly what was said or done because the ice-breaking part is not that memorable. We put so much pressure on ourselves to come up with this fancy one-liner. You may have found this podcast by Googling a list of icebreakers that you could memorize that would naturally make the conversation flow instantly with anyone. In actuality, this is a small moment in time of creating that relationship that is required. It's required that you actually strike up the conversation but it's not nearly as impactful as many of us visualize or think. And I think obviously the way it's presented in modern media and in Hollywood, that you need to have this fancy opener that makes you look like James Bond, that makes you look so smooth to get the conversation started. But many of us find ourselves in incredible relationships with no memory of what was initially said or what the weather was like that day when someone made small talk with us because it's a moment in time that creates the space for connection. So we need some simple strategies that we can use in our back pocket, but it's not about memorizing crazy lines and it's not about standing out in a unique fashion that makes breaking the ice really effective. Well, the more you think about your approach, the more you think about engaging with people, 
the more difficult you've made it on yourself. And now you've set up expectations that you need to meet. Most of the people that I have met has just been walking over and saying hello or shooting them an email saying, I'm going to be at this event too. It'd be great to meet you. And that's it. When you start to think about it, you start to think, how am I going to do this? Now you're putting together ridiculous plans in your head. And now you need to meet those ridiculous plans. I think there is this discrepancy between how people understand approaching another person and then having a conversation. And I like to liken it to jumping off the sport that you have at a pool. You just jump off the board and it takes you a second and then you swim for 10 minutes. It's not about the jumping off part. It's about the swimming part. So in my own experience and what I've seen at the X Factor Accelerator as well is that most people kind of do okay in conversations. Once, the, once it's flowing, once the conversation is going, they, they might not be brilliant, but they're doing okay. They keep themselves above water. And, and if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, well, I don't, let me tell you that it takes about an hour or two of actual practice to get you good enough at that so that you're no longer drowning. And I'm saying this because I've done so many implementation sessions at the X Factor Accelerator where we're practicing small talk, where we're practicing vulnerability, we're practicing a deeper connection. And it takes people two sessions and they're, and they're good. They, they rock this. The problem is jumping off the board. That, that first sentence, that first interaction which AJ said, no one remembers anyway. No one remembers. Think back to how you met your best friend, how you met your partner. What was the first thing you said to that person? 99% of the people can't answer that question. If you can, well, congratulations, but you're definitely the outlier. And at the same time, this is the part that we most stress about when it comes to breaking the ice. What do I say first? And so on one side, the, the simple answer is it doesn't really matter. How's your day going? How's your weekend? How do you know the host? Um, do you like ham? Whatever it might be, it doesn't really matter. On the other side, however, it is very much different than having a normal conversation because in a normal conversation, you're in the subject, you're talking about something, you're in the flow Whereas the very first time you open your mouth and you need to say something, you need to engage the other person, it usually is very spontaneous. You can't premeditate about what you're going to say for half an hour because by then the, the train will stop and the other person has left already. So breaking the ice very often is it's required to be fairly spontaneous with your mouth opening And, and frankly, just saying something, even if it's just like, hey, where are you going? How do you, how do you know the host? What, what brings you here? And, and that is good enough because once, once you're in the water, once you're air quotes swimming, you're going to be fairly okay to be, you're, you're fairly okay to just have a conversation with the other person to begin with. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. 
Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the program we just ran on Monday, we kicked off with exactly this, some strategies, some simple frameworks that we're going to talk about here in a minute on how to break the ice more effectively. And naturally, there were some guys in the room who already have a ton of experience breaking the ice and felt really comfortable and confident. So they thought, you know what? I'm not going to follow the Art of Charm framework. I'm just going to walk up there and I'm going to say something and wing it. And inevitably, what happened in those situations on video work, there were two guys in particular who walked over there and they tried to be extra funny and observe something and turn it into something bigger. And in doing so, they put a lot of pressure on themselves and they opened the conversation with a statement, trying to go for humor, trying to go for shared laughter. And it inevitably fell flat. And our coach, Ingrid, who was on the other receiving end of it, felt pressure on herself because it wasn't clear that they were actually interested in talking to her. It felt more like they were looking to perform for the other members in the program. And we 
often do this when we're searching for those crazy one-liners and those icebreakers. We're approaching it from the wrong way. So in Michael, in all of your examples, you used questions and you were asking the other person something. Now, this is very important because if we're not taking interest in the other person, if we're not expressing curiosity in the other person, well, one, much like Ingrid during the military program, that other person, that stranger might not even know that the conversation is meant for them. If you start a conversation with a witty one-liner or with a sentence that is pointed at that person, directed at that person, a stranger is not going to assume it's meant for them. A stranger is not going to naturally understand your sense of humor and realize that what you were trying to do was have a conversation. So the simplest strategy at the end of the day to be more effective with breaking the ice is to be more interested in other people. And as Dale Carnegie says, the more interested you are, the more interesting you become. And it's counterintuitive for most. Many of us want to be the most interesting person. We want to win the other person's approval and interest and attention. And in doing so, we, we think of, well, what's the craziest thing I could say? How could I be the most funny? How could I get the laugh? And in overthinking it, we actually turn off the other person. They start to assume it's not for them. This conversation doesn't seem that interesting or we don't seem interested in them. And naturally, the other person isn't going to share. So the simplest icebreaking framework is to ask a question, is to be more curious about the other person. Now, there's a slight nuance here that I want to highlight. And that nuance is that conversations don't work if the other person is given a one-word answer, a yes or no. So we do want to avoid yes or no questions because naturally a yes or no question becomes a dead end. You then have to ask another question. So do you like him? No. Okay, well, where, where do I go from here? I like him. Okay, well, what does that have to do with the bus getting on time? I don't know, right? So yes or no questions, not a great way to break the ice. Who are you here with? What are you drinking? Where are you from? How'd you find out about this meetup event? What brings you out this evening? Those are great questions that tee up a conversation for the other person and create you showcasing interest in them. Unfortunately, with one-liners and trying to be witty or silly, if it's a statement, it doesn't give the other person much to work with. They don't know it's meant for them, and often the conversation will end. So many thoughts around this. So first... If you try to be extra unique with the way that you approach the other person and you have this witty one-liner that, that the person has never heard before, you're trying to do exactly what a thousand other people have tried before. And uh, to add insult to injury, you probably take an hour to come up with that thought to begin with, by which time that train has already left and the person is on it. So don't try to be witty. Something as simple as, what do you like most about this place? Uh, how, how do you know the host? How, whatever. The, any open-ended question is going to be good enough to start the conversation. Don't try to be that special snowflake that asks a question that no one ever. What do you think about Anselm's unique uh, theorem or whatever? No, like don't don't do that. Like what how, what brought you here? How how that stuff like that. 
the open-ended question that leaves the other person with an opportunity to say more than just yes and no. And that also goes the other way around. So if I were to ask AJ, AJ, how are you doing? The answer, I'm doing great, is not a good one because it gives me nothing to then work with, right? I've, I've made it a, a rule that if someone who asks me how I'm doing, I'm giving them an answer. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm a little bit sore because I've increased my workout and this cardio stuff is just killing my calves. Guess what? Now the other person, whether that was a smart answer or not, I'm not sure. My, my calves certainly have an opinion about it. But now the other person has something to build that conversation off of. And so, so there is this cultural discrepancy, I will admit to, between the US and, and, and Europe, where in, in the US, the answer of, I'm great, is just the standard thing you say to this introductory question. And it's totally acceptable. There's nothing wrong with it. It also doesn't help you. So the moment your mind goes, oh, I actually want to have a conversation with that person, maybe think about saying more than I'm great. Maybe, maybe add a little bit of what's happening in your life at that point so that you give the other person some fuel to build that conversation off on. There's something in your answer that I want to point out for those, especially in the audience, who feel a little bit shy. Maybe you lack in some socialization experience. Many of our clients who tend to be very analytical, who work a lot more with computers than people, who maybe grew up in a household of other introverts who didn't have as much socialization, will often find themselves in that situation where they get asked a question and a one-word answer seems to suffice when someone is trying to break the ice with them. And sure, you're having a great day. But as Michael pointed out, that doesn't really offer much conversational thread for the other person to follow along with, to add to. In your first answer of why you are having a, a great day and the cardio and the sore calves is you used a key phrase, because. So you answered how you were feeling and then you gave the context for why you were feeling that way. So if you find yourself in situations where small talk is dying, where you're finding yourself feeling really awkward and maybe you don't know where to take the conversation, one of the easiest strategies to make things easier on the other person who broke the ice and to open up more conversational threads is to add the phrase because dot, 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 and share why you're feeling that way. What is the context behind your response? And just by saying that, right, I could clue into the fact that Michael's doing more cardio and he's got this new workout from his New Year's resolution. So many more conversational threads to follow from that simple answer instead of just saying, oh, I'm feeling great today. So if you find yourself in situations where conversations are dying, answering those questions from others and adding the clause because and sharing a bit more about yourself really opens up those conversations to transition out of small talk, to transition into more vulnerability and more of that social connectedness we're looking for. And not just when conversations are dying, I find that if you want to practice your conversation skills, that because exercise is the best way to train that muscle. What's your favorite movie? Star Wars. Because. What's your favorite food? I don't know, well, whatever, because. What's your favorite book? Well, Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels, because. 
right? Just, and, and what you will inevitably find that happens to you, at least at the beginning, is that between you answering the question and saying, because, there's going to be a pause. Why, why, why do I like that food best? Why, why, why is that my favorite movie? And, and then there is this half-second pause and you come up with, because Star Wars influenced the way I grew up as a kid. Now, notice the difference between an answer, what's your favorite movie, Star Wars, and Star Wars because it just completely influenced the way that I grew up as a kid, like carving my own lightsabers out of wooden sticks. Now we're talking conversation. Now we're talking vulnerability. Now we're talking human connection. Now, a big part of small talk is simply to find out if the other person is receptive to conversation and receptive to potentially connecting and socially bonding. So it is important to realize that small talk is a small phase of any interaction. It's certainly not something that we want to stay in for a long period of time. We want to have the ability to transition out of small talk into more meaningful conversation. But it does have an important role in terms of meeting and connecting with strangers. Because of course, we need to gauge first, is this person even interested in talking with me? And if all you're doing to break the ice is making statements, making observations, going for the laugh, that's not a really effective way to survey if the other person wants to participate in this conversation, if the other person is interested in engaging with you. So that's why we're so big on questions to break the ice, to strike up that conversation, to become more interested. But it is important to note, many of us who maybe have listened to the podcast before who have tried that exact strategy of asking a question to break the ice, will often find ourselves in a bit of a trap. And that trap is we ask a question that we don't really care that much about, and therefore we probably don't pay too close attention to the other person's answer, right? How's the weather? Where are you from? Well, we probably don't really care that much about that information. It isn't necessarily that meaningful to us. So we end up not listening. and then. When you don't listen to the answer, you kind of fall into a trap of not knowing again what to say next. So the simplest answer to get out of that trap is to ask another question. Oh, well, what'd you like about growing up in Detroit, AJ? And over time, asking a ton of questions actually leads the other person to feel interrogated, to feel that you're not really that interested in what they're answering. You're maybe making fun of them or... or saying that you're not happy with the answers that they're giving with these quick retorts of questions. So questions are effective to break the ice, but it's not where we want to lean and keep the conversation going by questioning every single thing that person says. And we see this on video work inside of X Factor in our boot camps where it's super easy to get in your head, to not pay attention to their answer, to not really value their answer, and then quickly respond with another question. I think for our purposes here in doing this show is to get people to be breaking the ice more often. You're not going to listen to the show, hear a couple of these bits, and then just start having amazing conversations at your next networking event. This is a skill that you build. The idea of because or asking open-ended questions needs to be done in your daily routines and your daily habits. If you're unable to do that, turning this on is going to open up floodgates that you're not going to be able to control. And then while you're computing all the information that you're being told, you're going to go blank. 
what you're going to go blank because you're unable to absorb it all because you're trying to do all of these different things that you've been told will work in breaking the ice. The more you think about this, the more it's difficult, the more hurdles you're going to find in front of yourself. So to listen to this is to pick out one of these concepts and do that concept over and over and over again until you're competent in that concept. I mean, for everything that we discuss in the show, hopefully the first time you hear it, it is a, you're now finding something out that you need to know to make your conversations much better. The second thing is now that you are, you have a, you found out what you're unconsciously incompetent about. It is now putting it on a conscious incompetence. So you're working with it. You're getting better at the idea. You're getting better at implementing this concept. That concept will then slowly become ingrained the more you do that con that concept. So now we're on a conscious competence road. You've you've gotten better. You've used the cause effectively, and now you're using it to actually hold real conversations because you're not trying to implement all these different tricks and tactics and that you've heard on a radio show. And then after that, once you are doing that regularly and you enjoy it and you're having fun and you're using it to your advantage to gather information so that you can make a sale, so you can learn about the person that you're speaking to, so you can actually drive this to an intention that you have, whether it's connecting, relating, or, or just trying to gather information from the, the people that you're with. And then slowly to an unconscious competence, you've learned it to the point where it's just something that you're naturally doing. And then you grab the next piece. I think it's important to point out that conversations are opportunities. And there are certainly a few members of our audience who are feeling like they don't have many opportunities in their life right now. Maybe they're frustrated with their job. Maybe they're frustrated with their current social circle. Maybe they're frustrated with feeling lonely and feeling disconnected from the pandemic. And science shows you're not alone. Many of us are feeling that way because of what has transpired. When you start to think about every single conversation as an opportunity, and we look at the science behind that, science shows between 60 to 80% of jobs are through personal relationships. Those personal relationships started with someone breaking the ice, with someone striking up a conversation. Conversations are the seed that gets planted to grow into a fantastic relationship that leads to jobs. It also leads to romantic opportunities. Many of us listening to this show are going to find our significant other, our spouse, through our personal relationships. Yes, we find ourselves swiping more than ever. We've talked about this, but the way the algorithms online are set up, they are not set up to help you find your true match. They're set up to keep your attention, to keep you on the app. Many of our clients inside of our boot camps and X-Factor Accelerators will end up finding jobs through their network, will end up finding their significant other through their network, will end up meeting new friends through their existing network simply because they've taken this strategy of breaking the ice, of having more curiosity and interest in the other person to its full conclusion of having more conversations, which beget more opportunities in your life, which then lead to you changing your entire surrounding, changing where you're working, changing that five closest friends who now have a positive influence on your life. So that's why we're so big on this concept of breaking the ice, not only giving you the science behind it, giving you some simple strategies, 
But this is the genesis of every relationship that you're going to have in your life. And science definitely shows us that relationships matter to our longevity, our physical health, as well as our mental health and well-being. Well, considering the pandemic has put us in this position, everyone needs to take the, the lead here and look for what their week, their days and their weeks look like. And if they don't have opportunities, they need to be creating them. They need to be seeing this as working it as a muscle, just like they're scheduling time at the gym, just like they're scheduling time to make sure that they get the things done that they need to do that would benefit their lives. This has direct benefit to their lives. If you're not creating these opportunities in your days, in your weeks, in your months, well, then those opportunities are just not going to exist for you. And while other people have all the information of of the world at their fingertips in this internet, they are leveling up. They are making time. They see the science of how important these things are in their life, and they're going to make time for those things. This is exactly the same thing as growing up and seeing all these sugary foods on our table, only to learn later that they're not good for us. And we've decided to change our eating habits so that we can take direct advantage of all of the the great nutrition stuff that we do have. When you start getting into all of these things and you start looking up how good this is for you, how it relates to your state of mind, your self-esteem, the confidence that you have and 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 the bonds that you've created with other people, well, then you are either going to take the time to strengthen all those because that enhances life or you won't. And life will continue to deteriorate at a rapid pace because right now where we're at, things are going to continue this way unless you make a change. And that's what we do in, in, in our programs. I think an important thing to point out, having lived on both coasts and lived in the Midwest, the, the podcast started in, in Michigan and then we relocated to New York and now LA and Johnny lives in Las Vegas, is there is this phenomenon in big cities of avoiding small talk with strangers, of avoiding these small micro interactions with strangers. I've gone on elevators where people just stare at their phone. I've sat on a bus ride where people are just on their phone focused on screens. And it's easy to get conditioned to avoid these small interactions. It's easy to fall into the trap of looking around in the elevator and going, well, no one else is talking. I'm not going to say anything. But like Johnny said, it's also easy to eat two Snickers bars and not work out. It's also easy to have the full pizza as a cheat meal three days in a row to break your diet. Just because it's easy and just because others are doing it doesn't actually lead to long-term growth and success and health in your life. You will be shocked to see the difference when you are the one on the elevator who does break the ice, who showcases warmth, who takes a little bit of interest, exchanges names with your neighbor, with the person who lives on the fifth floor as you're pulling your groceries up. And over time, those micro interactions start to create the community that our human success and survival depends on evolutionarily, we are community focused and our survival depends on it. So even if you're living in a big city and you feel like, well, no one else is doing this, no one else is breaking the ice with me when I'm out and about, doesn't mean that that's good for you. And it doesn't mean that that's going to help you reach the success you're looking for in your life. Well, let's dive into this a bit. This is something that we had discussed with our 
pro, uh, program over the last week with the military guys, the strategies over goals. And uh, Scott Adams, I listened to his show tomorrow. He talks a lot about this as well. And, and for those people who are listening to the show right now, they're like, oh, okay, breaking the ice, talk to random people. No, no, that's not what we're saying at all. We're, what we're discussing is that you know what is good for you. You know what enhances life. And what are your strategies to implement these things in your life? If, there, if you have a mission if you're in your life, if you have a weight goal and a nutritious goal in your life, if you don't have strategies lined up that begin to implement all of these things, well, then listening to this is, it's just passive listening. And another thing, this is something we discussed this week. This is not a passive listening show. This is not a bunch of wacky, wild comedians saying goofy stuff all day. So that is in the background while you change the oil in your car. This is educational content that is going to enhance your life in multiple facets. Everyone who has come through our programs have have seen an uptick in the enjoyment that they extract from life every day. And it's not about waking up upset about what they have to take on. It's about waking up excited that they have all these tools to navigate the world around them, to implement these strategies that at the end of the day, once you've put them in place, you're authoring the reality of, of your world because your world now has been created due to the strategies that you've implemented. So something that I find a lot, because I agree with that so much, is that for a lot of people that I work with in, in Unstoppable and the X Factor Accelerator and, and people that want to go out there and, and start talking to people left, right, and center, is that separation between strategy and tactics. And I hate the word strategy because my German accent prohibits me from pronouncing that word correctly, so, so bear with me. Because strategy is the bigger picture of starting to talk to people, engaging with people that wear headphones. And then comes the component of tactics. How do I specifically do this? And I'm reminded of an example that I had an Unstoppable, our, our course about building confidence, is where someone asked, hey, you know what? I wanted to do your challenge, the homework assignment of talking to strangers, but I find that 80% of them are wearing headphones. What do I do? So we got into the tactical component and I gave them the homework and I said, the next time you're in an elevator with someone who's listening to music, you take out your earpiece and you hold it out to them. And you see what happens. And, and a week, and, and several people caught up on that in the group. And the next week, a few of them came back and said, Michael, this was amazing. Like I held out my headphone to them. They took it, they put it in, they gave me theirs. And while we were going down in the elevator, we were listening to the other person's music and we smiled at each other. And, and that's the technical, uh, the, the tactical component of how do I actually like implement that stuff. I think everything becomes so much easier when you have someone, when you have a supportive group that says, try this. Go, I, I dare you, go out and, and try this and, and let us know next week how it's going. And without fail, a few of those small wins can shift your entire perspective around approaching strangers, around breaking the ice. And we see this time and time again. So the first day, Monday, 
we gave a homework assignment in the program that involved them actually going out and solving some clues using social skills. And they weren't necessarily pleased. We had gone through the course material, we're doing the drills and exercises, and they really wanted to just eat some dinner and, and probably unwind before we kicked off day two. But they went and did the exercises as we asked, and we reviewed them the next day. And around the middle of the second day, where we're really getting into now the why behind the strategy, why it's so powerful to be high value, why it's so powerful to actually focus on connecting with strangers and the opportunities it creates in your life, the end of the day too, they're asking, how do I get more missions? How do I get more opportunities to go out and do this? So we want you to certainly have tactics. Tactics help. And we want you to understand the strategy and the strategy behind why this is so important. We also want to dial in just how your quality of life improves when you have some simple tactics to break the ice and a strategy to be constantly meeting new people in your life instead of settling for who's in your social circle currently, who your family and friends are, and what world has thrown at you thus far versus taking control and action in your life. I think we said earlier, you mentioned that people will hear this podcast and they're like, well, I don't, I don't want to be talking to people where I hate small talk. We're not talking about it for the sake of any of that. We're talking about it for the sake of your mission, to, for your goals, the things that you want in life that you're chasing. If you have goals, whether it's networking uh, to build a new company, putting together a, a, a community of like-minded people so that you can thrive. These things are, you're going to need other people to create them. Every goal that you have in life, you're going to need other people to help you uh, actualize that. And so the strategies that we're discussing is what you're going to do in order to reach those goals. And then you lay out the strategies that you're going to need and the people that you're going to need to meet and how you're going to go about doing that. And now you're implementing the things that you're hearing from this podcast to reach your goals. It's not about just talking to people for the sake of talking to people. Now, extroverted people will tell you that you're going to create a lot of opportunity from talking with people just to talk to people. But for a lot of folks who listen to the show, you need more of a reason to do that. And because, and if you're introverted, that's the first thing you're thinking about. Like, I don't need to talk to anyone. I'm happy just by myself. No, you have goals and a mission and, and many missions in life that you would like to actualize that you think would help you enjoy life much better. That would be fun for you. Okay, there's going to need to be people involved that are going to need to help you create that. What is your plan? What is the strategy that you're going to put together in order to make that happen? And now, now that you realize that there are people that you're going to need to meet that are going to, you're going to need to help you actualize these goals, what parts of this are you going to take away and start working on it? So let's talk about that. Goal now listening is I want more connection in my life. The more connected I am as a human, the healthier I'm going to be, the longer I'm going to live, the more opportunity I'm going to have in every facet of my life. That's my goal. Strategy is, okay, well, I need to engage people. How exactly do I do that? The overarching strategy to come away from this podcast with is curiosity. 
The more curious you are about other people, meaning the more interested you are in what's going on in their life, what their journey is, what they're passionate about, what they love about the weather, what they enjoy about living in LA, what they wish they could have accomplished in their past. The more curious you are about other people as a strategy, as an overarching strategy to build relationships, the more successful you're going to be. Tactically, the simplest way to do that, to get from point A to point B, is to start asking open-ended questions. Non-one-word answer, yes or no questions to break the ice, to get strangers to start to open up, to share potential conversational threads with you. If we're not happy with the answers we're getting to the questions we're asking, maybe we found someone else who's introverted or shy and doesn't really want to share, then a simple because answer and statement from us is another simple tactic to add energy and enthusiasm and conversational threads to that interaction. Now, what's important (laughs) to go along with the strategy of being curious is we have to develop our listening skills. And that's something that we've talked about. A lot of us are not great listeners right now. We're worried about our to-do list. We're thinking about all the podcasts that we have to listen to after this and the laundry we got to get out of the dryer and everything else going on in our life that's keeping our minds busy that's focused on the the future or the past, not in the present moment, which often creates situations where we're missing out on these opportunities. We're not catching what the other person's saying and then utilizing it in a meaningful way. So listening to podcasts is passive. You're not actually chatting with me, Johnny and Michael. You're hearing what we have to say. Some of you might be taking notes right now, but it's passive listening. We need to brush up on our active listening skills. We need to focus on more than just the data that's being shared between two people. Oh, AJ said Detroit. Uh, That's where he grew up. Or, oh, these guys started the podcast in New York. That's just data. That's facts. That's one level of listening. And that's the level that most of us stay at. The second level to listening that we need to start paying a little bit more attention to is the emotional context behind what's being shared. What are those feelings that are driving these answers? What are the emotions that this person is feeling in this conversation with me? Listening on that level, well, it takes a bit more of your attention. You're not going to be able to do it with one headphone in your ear and thinking about what's up next on your to-do list. The third level to listening that we have to be paying attention to is, well, what's the ultimate meaning behind what's being shared? There's a reason that if someone asked you a question that you chose to frame the answer in that specific way, to focus on that one detail. Right? If someone says, where are you from? Well, my family's from Poland. I grew up in Detroit, but I've spent most of my life in LA. So where I answer that question, I could say Detroit. I could say my family's from Poland. I could say LA. Right? We all choose our answers with the meaning behind it of what we actually want to share and divulge to the other person. And that comes through practicing your listening skills, honing those listening skills in conversation with others. The easiest way to do that is not to listen to more podcasts. It's to go out and break the ice. Go out and use these strategies and tactics that we're sharing with you to brush up and strengthen those listening skills. Once we've created an opportunity to become better listeners, we're going to find that conversation flows a lot more comfortably and naturally for us. We're not going to run out of things to say. We're not going to feel awkward in those moments of not knowing what to ask next. Because great listeners... And people who respond to those answers in the form of statements, adding to the interaction, sharing something about yourself. Oh, I've never been to Los Angeles, but I've 
seen it in the movies and it looks incredible. What is it like living there? Or holy cow, you grew up in Detroit where your family in the auto industry. I heard about all the situation with the Rust Belt. What was it like growing up? Before we can get to those parts of the conversation, we need to focus on being great listeners and listening on those levels. Then we need to offer up information about ourselves. That's really the last step. So you've asked the question, you've listened to their answer, you've gleaned some meaningful information from that small talk, and now you've added to the conversation in the form of a statement, not a quick follow-up question. And that creates the space for you to move beyond small talk, to move these conversations in a meaningful way that create all those amazing opportunities that we've been sharing with you. And I can tell you that many of the great guests we've had on this show have come from us asking other guests, hey, who do you think should come on the show? Or asking people in our network, hey, who do you think would be a great podcast guest? And that is because we've fostered and nurtured these relationships in our own life, many of those relationships starting from one of us breaking the ice. So there you have it. Are you ready to break the ice? Are you ready to have more impactful conversations? Well, grab your free download cheat sheet from theartofcharm.com slash ice, I-C-E. That's right. Get a free cheat sheet so you can rock any small talk situation you're in and start meeting and connecting the right people. Now, we got an epic shout out this week. It goes to Peter, who gave us an incredible Yelp review of our program. Now, You may be wondering if you could benefit from some Art of Charm training, whether it be a boot camp or joining us in our X Factor Accelerator. And Peter writes, do yourself a favor and put any questions or doubts aside. You'll be richer and wiser for the journey. These boot camps are run by passionate, I agree, and gifted individuals who will help you push through doors that were always closed. You'll learn new abilities and social interactions, and you'll be stunned with the transformation that is possible. Attending one of their boot camps is thrilling. So do yourself a favor and jump on it. It'll be a decision you'll be glad you made. Thank you, Peter. It was a pleasure working with you a few years back, pre-pandemic. And it's so heartwarming to know that those skills are still paying off. Right, Johnny? Absolutely. Also, could you do us and the entire Art of Charm team a huge favor? Head on over to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. It would mean the world to us that it helps others find the show and helps us land great guests. The Art of Charm podcast is produced by Michael Harold and Eric Montgomery. Until next week, I'm Johnny. And I'm AJ. Go out there and break some ice.